Well, I think I know many of you. Uh, my name is Benjamin, and I'm actually the, the lead pastor here, but there are several things they don't let me do. <laughs> Even though I'm supposed to be in charge, there are several things they're never going to let me do, and one of those is sing on the worship team. Um, uh, and so the joke goes, even if there's no worship singers up here or musicians in the band or anybody to play music through the sound system, they're still never going to let me sing any worship music. But tonight I have the microphone and uh, Ben's not here. So uh, I wanted to sing to you one line from one of a favorite, my favorite Christmas songs. Um, it's not actually a favorite Christmas song. So much as it's a favorite song in a favorite Christmas movie. So I wonder, I, th- I think you'll probably know it. Uh, and I wonder if you'll know the next line that comes after it. So it goes. Fahu foris dahu doris. Anybody? The Grinch. Okay, the Grinch. That's, that's good enough. I'll take, it's from the Grinch. I don't, I probably butchered it. But I love the old cartoon version of the Grinch. Uh, that, the, the, the scene with Max coming down on the sled and like he gets yanked up back from the front and he's just there. That's my favorite. The little, little Max is, I think, I think I forgot the name right. This little dog. And my favorite scene in the movie, though, is another sled scene, but it's later in the movie. That's actually when that song is sung. So it goes... Fahu Forest, Dahu Doris, and then the next lines as all the Who's down in Whoville, we were just watching it the other day, they wake up and there's no presence, right? There's no presence under the tree and they sing anyway. The next lines are Welcome Christmas, come this way, welcome Christmas, Christmas Day. Christmas Day is in our grasp so long as we have hands to grasp. Welcome Christmas, bring your cheer. And as this more angelic who's singing the song that I could sing it, sing. The narrator chimes in about the Grinch in this way. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? In other words, he wondered if all the ordinary joys of Christmas were stripped away, how could anyone sing with Christmas joy? That might be a question some of you are asking this evening. And this season, on any given Sunday, in churches throughout the world, they'll hear Habakkuk chapter 3 preached. Habakkuk is a small, perhaps obscure book in the Old Testament that has a popularity way out of proportion to its size. But I would suspect that very few Christmas Eves... (laughs) In an ordinary year, any church anywhere is preaching Habakkuk. I think of some poor pastor the weeks leading up to Christmas Googling what are the best Christmas passages to preach. You're not going to find Habakkuk on any list in a normal year. But this hasn't been a normal year, has it? 
And it's not a normal Christmas Eve. And I bet we're not the only ones who are going to be looking at these words. Let me read them to you. They're the last three verses in a very short book in the Old Testament. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. To the choir master with stringed instruments. This liturgical note there at the end. In very concrete, specific imagery, Habakkuk recounts to God's people total economic and social disaster for an agricultural society. The central event in the book, which we don't have time to get into, is this promised invasion of a foreign army that will leave God's people decimated. No figs, no fruit, no olives, no wheat, no fields with any other crops, no livestock in the barns, to, which were essentially heavy machinery, no food, no milk, no clothing. It would have been very strange to stand in an Israelite's field, to stand in his barn and to hear no cattle. Imagine what it would be like to go to the farm show and there's no animals, no vendors, no rodeo. Imagine what it would be like to stand on a school playground at recess and there's no kids laughing. Imagine what it would be like to be at a Penn State football game in the crowd at home and there's no roar of fans. Some of you don't have to imagine those things. The loss of crops and livestock would have been immediate problems, but they also forecast a future that was even more troubling as the famine started to ravage the land. And yet, what does Habakkuk say in verses 18 and 19? When everything else is stripped away, he has a joy that cannot be stripped away. Habakkuk's joy can't be stripped away because his joy is in God. God, he says, is my strength and my salvation. God enables him to walk on what he calls the high places. The high places were the dangerous places in Israel. They were places of spiritual and physical danger. Just a year or so ago, there was a documentary, some of you will have seen it, Free Solo, uh, that documents a climber who climbs... Um, El Capitan, 3,000 feet foot wall of granite. I've never been there in person. Maybe some of you have stood in Yosemite National Park and seen it. What Habakkuk is saying is that God makes him as nimble as a deer through danger and climb as gracefully as Alex Hanold climbed El Capitan. When my wife and I were engaged, uh, it's this 
kind of sweet and strange season. But one of the things you do, you plan your wedding, but you register for gifts. And so, I don't know, maybe you do this online these days, but we, they gave us a physical gun at Target. and A physical physical scanning gun, to clarify. Uh, And you go through and you just, I'd like that. And you scan it. It's amazing. Uh, you know, and eventually these things show up a few months later. It's, it's wonderful, really. Um, I wonder what you would register for. If you had free reign in Target and that gun, and you were just, I'll take one of those and three of those. I went through the candy aisle. <laughs> and I registered for a bunch of Snickers candy bars. That's what I did. And now with my wife, we also practically got pots and pans and whatnot, too. After our wedding ceremony, um, my family took three carloads to our house in St. Louis from Columbia and then the two hours over to St. Louis to load our house with all of our Christmas presents. But I will tell you that if all of those presents were delivered and if there was a car full of Snickers candy bars, indeed, if there were a hundred cards full of presents dropped off in my living room, but I didn't have my wife, and she didn't have me, there would be no joy. And if, conversely, if we had our wedding and there was only the pastor there to officiate, there's no bride and groomsmen, everybody was in masks if anybody else came, there's no reception, there's no music, there's no dancing, there's no food and drink, no photographer or videographer to drop those pictures on Facebook. Yet, if I had my wife and she had me, there would be joy. The Christmas story is about the birth of Jesus. It's a story about how Christians get hope and joy and forgiveness in the gospel. And the promise of a future recreated paradise. The birth of Jesus is about all of those things. The birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus are about all of those things. Hope and joy and forgiveness and a promised future that is glorious. But it is about all of those things because all of those things bring Christians to God. That's why there's joy at Christmas. The Christmas story is the story how a groom gets a bride, how Jesus gets his church, and how we get God forever. In Matthew's gospel account, we read these words in the Christmas story. They're part of, although we were just reading from Luke 2, this name Emmanuel comes from Matthew chapter 1. We read, and all this took place To fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew chapter 1, 22 to 23. You may have lots of presents under your tree tonight when you go home. You may have less presents under your tree than normal. You may have no presents under your tree. You may not even have a tree. (laughs) You may have family coming to visit you. You may be going to visit family. You may have called all of that off. You may be watching from the live stream because you're quarantined. But whatever circumstance this Christmas Eve finds you in, 
What I want to say to you is the Lord wants to be with you. If you would want to be with him. This Christmas, though the fig tree should not blossom, though no fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, and the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, may you rejoice in the Lord. May you take joy in the God of your salvation. Habakkuk ends his short little book with this note that his prayer there at the end is to be sung. To the choir master, he writes, with stringed instruments, probably not a guitar. (laughs) Fahu forestahu doris, or something like that. Habakkuk sings because we might say his heart had grown three sizes across the, the book because he met with God. I didn't read those verses, but in chapter three, God shows up and it changes him. And he learned, again, we might say, that Christmas doesn't come from a store. I'm gonna pray and invite you to sing and stand and shout joy to the world because not because everything was wonderful this year. I do know some people that had wonderful years. We don't like them very much, right? <laughs> I suppose we're happy for them. But many of us had hard years. But we can sing joy to the world because God is still on his throne and he is coming again. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done in this year in sustaining your people and your church. Lord, I pray as we close this service with singing, as we head back to our homes, as we sit quietly tonight and just reflect, I pray that you would stir a joy in us that is supernatural. As we reflect on the greatest present ever given, the life and death and resurrection of a king. We pray all this in that king's name, amen.